Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, it is almost the end of 2015. And if I swear, if I see another lightsaber, I, I'm going to shoot milk <laughs> out my nose. Oh, man. I'm... <laughs> I want out. I give. Please, no more Star Wars marketing. It's the season. Oh, gosh. If I could just get out of 2015 without without seeing, you know, a, a, another Force Unawakened, Unleashed, New Hope, whatever. If I, I, if I'm done. I don't want to see an X-Wing fighter. I don't, I don't want to see nothing. I'm done. done. And we are at the end of 2015, and you are on the Geeking Over 40 podcast. I am your... Host for this evening, my name is Big Baba Rob, but I am not the main feature here. I'm just the host. It's this illustrious panel of geeks who are getting it in over 40, over 50, over 60. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce a couple of them. We do have Bison for Life. What's going on, Bison? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? Okay. Uh, I, hey, man, I'm, I'm getting through, man. I'm, I am getting through. We are just wrapping up this year. I'm, I'm making it. Uh, we got a uh, geek soul brother on the line. What's going on, soul brother? Hey, the force is woked up. <laughs> who, who woke the force up? <laughs> I don't know, but it's woke. Right. <laughs> the, force, the force is woke. <laughs> and last but not least, we got a lady geek over forty. What's going on, lady geek? How you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be hello, here. Hello. Missed you guys well, last week. I know, I know. And see, we had to, we had to get one more in. Uh, you know, we've got holidays coming up, so, uh, you know, this may be the last Geek Over 40 podcast for the year. Um, you know, we'll just kind of see how things play out. But this is going to be a great show. We, we're glad, Lady Geek, thanks for, for taking the time to join us today. Um, today we're really just going to talk about, uh, you know, just go around and talk to the panel about, you know, various areas, uh, what was great for them this year, uh, what we're going to talk about, you know, what were some of their favorite things of 2015 and and the beautiful thing about geeks is that everybody brings something different to the table everybody's inspired by something different there's something they like there's something that they didn't like and you know and and we all don't have to agree because it's all personal preference but we want to just kind of you know put a nice little bow in 2015 and and just kind of talk about you know what some of the things from the from geekdom that uh that, that were on our minds for 2015. Uh, since I mentioned Force uh, Force Awoken, <laughs> Force Woke, we're gonna call it Force Woke for the benefit <laughs> of this show. <laughs> let's let's talk about movies, uh, and and we can we can as we go around, people can you know talk about different things. But I, I'm gonna start the conversation in movies because 2015 to me was a really hard year for movies. Um, I guess I guess because for me, the big movies that I was looking forward to turned out I was less than inspired by them. Um, and I was talking with one of my geek brethren yesterday, 
And I said, it's got to be hard, you know, for movie theaters because they got to make movies for the general populace. But then they got the geeks who are passionate about it. <laughs> and we're good for lighting into them. And so there were two movies this year that I I was really looking forward to and I was hoping were really going to hit it for me, and that was uh, Spectre. I hung my all my hopes for the year on Spectre. Uh, and and just for me personally, my my experience with it just uh, it it wasn't all of, all that I hoped it would be. And then of course, uh, Force Woke. I you know I was sure that that was going to knock it out of the park, and uh, it it was a good movie in a lot of ways. But there were a lot of things that that I didn't care I didn't care for. So that turned out to be a bust. But I was very very thankful that one little nugget that kind of came out of nowhere. Kingsman, The Secret Service, that was just my movie. That that movie had me in tears, uh, laughing. The action year? sequences were amazing. What'd you say? That was twenty. That was this year. Kingsman. That was, was this year. That was very uh, early this they year. Got it out. Oh, they're getting them out on DVD then quick. All right. Yeah. That, yeah. That was like January or February this year. I think it was February of this year. That was like one of the first movies I went to see, right. and I had no expectations for it, just mm-hmm. except I saw the trailers. But that was one of the few movies I went to, and the trailer, it, it, it basically gave you a good idea, but the movie just rocked right. the bell. I bells. think a lot of people slept amazing. on that movie. I, I think a lot of people, I agree. Mm, it, I agree. It was, it was, I enjoyed it. I've watched it several times, and I still enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I, that was one, that's the only movie this year that I bought the DVD right after it came out. And the mm-hmm. only movie before that was Pacific Rim. For me, I bought those DVDs because I wanted to own those movies because they just didn't disappoint. Uh, Lady Geek, let, let's start with you. Uh, so, like, movie-wise, you know, what what did it for you? To, how, how do you feel? What do you feel about the 2015 movie season? I The 2015 movie season, I think I agree with you. It wasn't – it was kind of a letdown because there was so much hype going on for a lot of different things. And um, – but I think it was kind of let down. I, I didn't really go to the movies, and I wasn't that excited to go to the movies that much this year. Um, Ultron was a letdown for me. Um, Age of Ultron. Yes, yeah. That was that was a huge letdown for me. Um, yeah, I guess the guy Avengers came out this year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, it's terrible. Exactly. That was yeah. That was it was it was a huge letdown, and then I think. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised with Ant-Man. Like, I, did, I went into that. I, even when they first started talking about doing Ant-Man, I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to. I have no desire to see it. I'm not interested in seeing it. And even after seeing the trailers, I was still like, no, no, no. But I was like, okay, it's Marvel. It's, it's People are talking about Go check it out. So I checked it out. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I liked the fact that it wasn't the big blow-up superhero movie of the Avengers. I, I appreciate the idea that it was smaller and different take in the universe. Um, what other movies? Let's see. I, if I have to think this hard, it's, it hasn't been a great year. <laughs> <laughs> and I am yeah, okay. truly thinking as far as, you know, cinem- the cinematic world for, for geeks. It's, yeah, I think those would be my first, my, my two cents. Yeah, an- another another bust for me this year was uh, Jupiter Descending. Oh, it, oh actually, actually, I'm sorry. It came. It, it, it was actually at the time it was actually titled Jupiter Ascending, but for me it was Jupiter Descending because that yeah. movie. I <laughs> that I couldn't bust. get past 
15 minutes, 15 minutes, I was done. I it was, And that was painful. Yeah, that was That's painful. That's like 15 movie. minutes I will never, ever get back. Ever. You know, you know a movie's bad when they push it up twice <laughs> in the movie calendar, you know? And no, we're not going to show it now. We're going to show it a little bit later. Uh, you know what? We're going to show it a little bit later than that. You know, honest, honest trailers. Honest trailer did a really great honest trailer for it. Um, for Jupiter Ascending, hilarious, and it just sums it up so well. I think if they would have sold that as just a pure sci-fi movie instead of a Shannon Tatum vehicle, it would. I think it could have had more legs than it did, but. I think just trying to wrap it around Shannon Tatum kind of almost made it a parody film. Mm. You know, and it was interesting because it, it you, you they, you're right they build it as a Channing Channing Tatum Channing Tatum movie, but he barely spoke. He barely spoke throughout the movie. He barely said much of anything. It was, it was oh my god, it was just it, yeah. I can't you believe the that. Whole thing? Oh, I went to the theater. Okay, okay. First of oh, all, no. if I'm okay, if I've made the time to go to the theater and I've made time to sit down in the movie and watch it, I'm not moving. But if at the end of it I didn't like it, you're gonna know it. You're gonna know it really well. If I'm by myself, you won't know it. Twitter's gonna know it. But like last night, we went to well, I'm not last night, but Thursday night when we went. Oh, geekonians know how I felt about Star Wars at the end of that movie. <laughs> it was very interesting. Uh, let, let me hop over to Bison to grab you. Bison, what did you think of the 20 movie season? Um, I have to agree with the uh, majority. I think it was lackluster. I think, I think the Marvel bubble started getting some rust on it with Age of Ultron. I thought that was just a bad movie. But I did see a movie. I didn't see as much as I wanted to, um, I'm just kind of scaling back, going to the movies. Um, I just catch it in other ways that won't be discussed. But I enjoyed Ex Machina. I thought that was a good mm. under-the-radar science fiction movie that was great. I think the ending was very predictable, but the writing, the style, stylization, and, and other aspects of the film were very good. So um, sometimes I think people misinterpret comic book movies and science fiction movies. And this was a poor year for both, especially, I mean, The Martian sort of saved it, the sci-fi for this year, but um, I thought it was just a lackluster year all the way around. You know, it's interesting about The Martian. I actually, I liked The Martian. That was a really, really great film. I, I'm, I'm really confused, though, and, and Bison, I you, have, you said something really interesting I want to get back to. It was very interesting that when we looked at the Golden Globes, they classified The Martian as a comedy. No, like, that's I ridiculous. Comedy. I don't see how The Martian was a comedy at all. Cause, I because, think they somehow wanted to put it in there because they couldn't fit it in there with the other nominees, but still that's ridiculous. And I felt that, that I mean, I don't, and I for the life of me can't understand how the Martian got a nod as a comedy, and um, Kingsman didn't. Right. I mean that that the movie was ridiculously funny, and it wasn't even it, you could have considered Kingsman a parody of a spy movie, but uh-huh. it really it wasn't it really wasn't. I mean you could have thought that, but you know 
it, I think the over the top violence may have hurt its chances. Ah, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, Soul Brother, how about you? Your 2015 movie season. Uh, I'm with Lady Geese and Bison. I I like that man. Um, I did not see Kingsman yet. I have to I have to catch up. I might have to do like you probably out and buy a DVD. And uh, Ex Machina was good, although, yeah, I, I do. It was shot well. It was cinematic. It was very artful. It's a sci-fi, very very sci-fi esque. Um, I think I still like uh, the Machine that's on Netflix a little bit more. Um, although Ex Machina looked beautiful, um, but 2015. Yeah, it didn't all, all the movies that I was hoping or looking forward to, they they deflated me. It, it was a deflating year as far as the stuff that I was looking forward to. What impressed me was uh, uh, Sicario, Dope. Right. Um, um, I can't. We almost forgot. Mad Compton. <laughs> Compton did it. And yeah, Creed. Compton. Creed is probably my favorite movie yes. this year. Yes. Creed and Mad Max. Oh, that's right, Mad Max. Mad Max I liked, but but story-wise, I was like, okay, this is, you know, action and drama and thrills. You know, I love that. But I liked it. I, I liked story-wise, I like Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, but I Sicario, I... like, I'm, I was trying to put people on to Sicario with Emily Blunt and, uh, Benicio Del Toro and uh, uh, Josh Brolin, yo. Oh, that, yo. I know which one you're talking about now. Yo, that movie was hidden. That movie was good. You know, yeah. it's interesting because it, it, it and I know that this was, oh, we, we didn't even, we didn't mention, mention, we didn't mention Chappie. We also didn't mention, I really, really enjoyed Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. I enjoyed that a lot. That was really good. I saw that. I, I just I just enjoyed it. It was it felt like it felt like they weren't trying too hard, and it just came off better than some of the previous ones. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I I just you know they they said shoot they're like let's just make this movie have fun, and, and I feel that's that's what they went for. Um, I heard I heard it was better because I just saw the first Mission Impossible in this one, so I heard it was better. I yeah. And, and uh, Mad Max, you know, I, I thought Mad Max, there's a lot of good stuff. Obviously, me being very partial on motorcycles, the motorcycle stunts in that movie were pretty awesome. Um, I just, there was just something about the story that was kind of flat for me. It just wasn't very dimensional. And I, so I didn't, and, 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 you know, other reasons. But, but it's interesting because when we look at 2015, it's almost like the movie industry took a bit of a break. Because they're going to nuke us next year. <laughs> because we've got Bass versus Soups. We've got Civil War. We've got uh, X-Men Apocalypse, Deadpool, Suicide Squad, Star Trek Beyond, Ghostbusters, Independence Day. Oh, oh, they, they, showed, they showed a trailer last night uh, on, on Thursday night for, for Jungle Book. I didn't even know that they were redoing Jungle Book. Yeah, they are. I didn't yep. know they were um, that far along to start putting out the trailer, though. But you know, I, I think. But still, I think with the with with movies and cinema, you have all these movies that are coming out next year that are getting all this all this uh, hype. But 
really, which ones are, how many of those are you really, really excited about seeing when it, when it comes down to it? You think about what our picks were for this year. You had Creed, you had Ex Machina, you had um, Dope, and those weren't like the big movies. They weren't the big comic book movies. They were, they were the different, they were different than what we've been getting. And you know, you, go ahead. I'm I'm just I think I think a lot of the reason why I think this year kind of fell flat also is because there was no real originality going on. And you know, granted as you know, the geek in me is very excited about Civil War and Black Panther further down the line. I can't say the same about Batman versus Superman. But at the same time, I'm I want something different. I don't want another Mission Impossible 7, which they've already started talking about. I don't want, I, you know, give me something new. Give me something original. Yeah, and that's true. Looking at, you know, so you you ask the question, you know, how excited are you? I mean, just kind of looking at the lineup, there's some, there's some, there actually to me are a lot of exciting movies for 2016. Like I said, you know, Batsuit, Civil War, Deadpool, Apocalypse, you know, I, looking at the trailer, they look like they look like they're pretty solid. Independence Day, uh, I, you know, unless they can tell me that they're going to lose, that Earth loses at the end of this one, <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> I think Independence Day is like 20 years late. Right, right. It's just like, come on now. It's just, and I mean, especially looking at the trailer, and, and I made the point where, look, I know, you know, I, I get it. We always have to win. We, you know, we're number one. Blah blah blah. But I'm like, look, seriously. Anybody that can make a ship that big and fly it all the way to the planet, you you have no reason to still be alive because they, they've got to have a microwave weapon, you know, and, and they just toast everybody. But you know, but you know, still you got Kung Fu Panda. You got, um, I mean, there are a lot of next year. There are a lot of movies that you can really get excited about, and they've got such a wide breadth for geeks. You know, mm-hmm. Warcraft, Ninja Turtles, I mean, even the next Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff coming up next year. I, I need I, to make sure I put some tax money away to see all these darn movies. I, I, think I think the one thing that's missing, though, I think looking at a lot of the big releases, bigger doesn't mean better. Right. The two films I'm most looking forward to are both Westerns. One is The Hateful Eight with Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. and the other one is um, that is being directed. I mean, it stars Denzel Washington, and of course I just The Magnificent Seven. And I think Antoine Fuqua is directing that with Denzel Washington. I'm still a fan of a good story. I love sci-fi to death. But a good you will remember a good story as long as you remember fantastic special effects. And I think some of these movies are starting to just become CGI-driven. You know, you know who has the biggest body count? You know, who has the um, the seamless CGI? And I think also with other ways of obtaining movies, I think people are just kind of voting with their feet. As mm-hmm. soon as as soon as Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic, you know, people live off that stuff. So if a movie has a bad vibe. People want to stay home. We saw that with Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four was literally doomed before it was released. And I, I just have a feeling that next year is going to be the critical year when it comes to comic book movies. I think one or two of those movies are going to underperform big time. It's going to make uh, one or two studios rethink 
their long-term plans in regards to um, comic book films. That's just my opinion on that. Yeah. That, go ahead, Lady. When you talk about, you know, a good storyline, I think that's a good segue for television because I think I'm more excited about television for 2016 as opposed hey. to um, what's going on in the movies because television this year has been phenomenal for for geeks. I mean, I'm I'm like excited about this this rebirth of the Sci-Fi Channel and, you know, yeah. Jessica Jones on Netflix and Daredevil will be back for the second season. We have Luke Cage, you know, will be starting up again with new seasons of Supergirl and Flash and the Arrow's been great this season. Agents of Shield have been great this season. Um, Killjoys and Dark Matter will be back. So I'm I'm more interested. I'm more excited about television in 2016, to be honest. And that's a, actually a perfect segue. Uh, thank you, because because television was actually the next thing I want to talk about after movies. So, right, so you kind of talk. You, you kind of mentioned the stuff that that really excited you. Was there anything else for the 2015 movie season that that you really uh, you thoroughly enjoyed, Lady? The movie season? No, no, uh, tele- sorry, television. Oh, for television? Television. Yeah, yeah. What What for 2015 really worked for you and, and, really, and didn't? Uh, let's see. Well, like, I I really, really, really enjoyed Jessica Jones. I, I enjoyed having um, a female lead who was messy. <laughs> you know, she wasn't this cookie cutter. She wasn't perfect. You know, she was she was a hot mess, and I loved it. Um, there was, uh, I, I really enjoyed, uh, Killjoys and Dark Matter on sci-fi this year, just because they were different. It reminded me of sci-fi back in the day, you know, when I, you could watch Farscape and, and Firefly on there. Um, and Supergirl has been getting better for me as well. And I'm just, and I'm actually really excited about, the second season of Agent Carter. I'm really interested in what they're going to be doing with her character as well. Yeah. So, so, so true. Now, let me ask a quick question about a statement that you made. You said that um, the rebirth of the Sci-Fi Channel. I mean, do you actually mean S? You know, Sci-Fi, the Syfy Channel. Right. Well, could you talk about that, explain that to people a little bit? What you mean by the rebirth, rebirth well, of well, Sci-Fi Channel? You know, when I was I think I think maybe back like in my twenties, you know, or even I think even before that, Sci-Fi Channel on cable that was the channel where there was there was they were doing serious sci-fi, they were doing really good, really different sci-fi, and they were actually and you know they were doing it themselves, and then they sort of stepped away from that, and you got all these these movies and these. They just kind of lost their way for a while, and I know for uh, several years I did not watch Sci-Fi Channel. And this year, um, they've kind of trying to go back to that. I think you know, with changing, going from changing their spelling and going back and sort of rebranding themselves, um, they've started to put out they put out some really quality Sci-Fi material this year, um, something something different than what we've been seeing on television. You don't, you know, you don't haven't seen anything like Killjoys on any other network. Um, there wasn't anything like Dark Matters on any other network. They had black characters. They had female leads. They had Asian characters. 
Um, they um, they have Expanse, which has started, which I'm still on the fence about, but I'm going with it. <laughs> and but I think I feel like they're sort of making going back to the way it was when I was younger and presenting quality sci-fi series like Battlestar Galactica and Caprica and things like that. And so I'm 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 interested in seeing how far they go with it next year and bringing back the shows they started this year and then what other new shows they may have coming out for next year. Can I ask you a question about Dark Matter and Killjoy? Mm-hmm. Those two shows I have an issue with. Um, to me, and don't 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 just don't shoot the messenger. They seem very cookie cutterish to me. I mean that Vancouver, Canada, limited budget. You know, you know she can take out a squad of people, but she's wearing stilettos, and yeah, you know, that's just me. But I I, I kind of wish they would kind of move away from that. I know it's a it's a budget issue with sci-fi, and that's one of the issues I had with them. Sometimes they dole out budgets unevenly when it comes to his shows. But, um, I mean, do you like the shows because of the writing or because of the diversity of the cast? Or what makes you a fan of those shows? It was it was the, definitely the diversity of the cast. Um, and seeing that type of diversity in that, in outer space, <laughs> like I said, you're not you don't see that. I haven't seen that in a while. And also I think a lot of it was sort of nostalgia for me as well. Um because they reminded me of the shows that Sci Fi Channel used to do. And it it made me so good to see that they were going back down that road. And granted those two shows, you know, Killjoys and, and Dark Matters, they had their issues, they weren't perfect. But I think they did pretty solid first seasons. Um, and, you know, Dark Matter was uh, based on a comic book. Um, I think they either created the comic book to try to get the television show. And, um, but they, it was, it was the nostalgia of it and it was the storytelling and it was just an escape. Like I was happy to come home on a Friday and be like, oh, okay, you know, I can catch up on these episodes or on the weekend I can catch up on those episodes and it was something different to watch. Yeah, I yeah. I I gotta uh, I got I gotta agree with uh, Lady Geeks. Even though you could interpret a lot of stuff in in these shows and some of the other shows as cliche, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I guess one person's cliche is another person's nostalgia. Mm. And um, I for me, Dark Matters. I I have to catch up to Killjoys because. Saw a couple episodes, I liked it, but it was just so many things on that I right. uh, put it on the plate for later. But Dark Matter captured me. I think Bison captured me because the 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 whole story starts out that six characters wake up on a ship and they have no memory of who they are or even what they're there for. You know, they don't know why they're on the ship or anything. Suddenly, they're thrust into this world of uh, hired mercenaries and intergalactic corporate espionage and, you know, uh, underworld dealings and all this and that. And I was like, huh. And, And the thing that started to draw me in was that with each episode, they let you find out the character's background. Right. 
you know. But what really hooked me on a scientific level is this is the first show I've ever seen that dealt with white holes, which is the opposite of black holes in space. Theoretical, but in this show, not to spoil it, I'm not going to spoil what they did, but, but, yo, when they mentioned white holes, let me tell you all something. When I was in ninth grade, I think it was eighth or ninth grade, I found a book on... I found a book on, uh, on, on you know, among the science books in the library, the school library, and it was called, I, I think it was called, I think it was called Black Holes, but they talked about white holes. And ever since then, the, the you, you know, I was fascinated with astronomy and all that stuff. So when they mentioned it in Dark Matters, I was like, yo, mm-hmm. this, this is this is bringing a little bit of something new. Not not everything, because we've seen a lot in other stories, but it's bringing a little bit of something new. And I'm like, all right, I'm totally in. I'm totally in. So ho- hopefully, I get the uh, the uh, uh, creator, one of the creators, Joseph Malazzi. He he said he'd be happy to come on. You know, oh, our podcast, cool. so look forward to that next year. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, ju- I was just going to say TV has been, like the second half of this year, all I was looking forward to was TV, not movies. Mm-hmm. You know, everything on TV. I was looking forward to fall. I was looking forward to everything on TV, everything on Netflix. And then Amazon started to kick up their game. I was like, damn, this this is too much. This is too much to watch. <laughs> not enough so, hours I, I, a day. Yeah, not enough. So I, I just want to, yeah, I, I just want to agree with you, like, like mirror what you were saying, Lady. That, yeah, TV was, was a joy. You know, so brother, you mentioned something that we really saw. Uh, it, you know, it kind of started in in twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Where we saw, you know, Advent, you know, we we saw Hulu, we saw Netflix come up, and they struggled for a little while, um, and but now we've got stations like Hulu and Amazon and Netflix that are now starting to create a more original content, and they're doing it better because they don't have the restrictions of a major network television prime time might have with the FCC. And such, you know, I think that 2015, I don't, I don't know what the right word would be to call it, but the resurgence or, you know, these independent, you know, movie houses or TV houses or studios have basically say, you know, we're now forced to be reckoned with, I think more so in right. 2015 than in previous years. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me repeat again. You know, let me repeat again. Exactly. I just want to repeat again something I mentioned on my podcast um, a couple of weeks back. Crackle, Crackle, mm-hmm. Crackle has come up big time. Has a, a a few original shows. One of which is The Art of More, which is well done, mm-hmm. well produced. Acting is on point. Story is pretty good. Caught me caught me up a you know within a few episodes. And I'm like, crackle? Really? No, I know. <laughs> I just started. I for some reason I was like, let me see what's going on in Crackle. This is like a few months ago, and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? 
I'm like this is not the this is not the crackle I knew a couple of years ago. Right. This is, this with, is with like cheesy, nice. with just little cheesy 1980s yeah, movies with yeah. some commercials in it. I mean, that was yeah. that was the one you would check out when you, that's what you were in the mood for, cheese. <laughs> yeah. And they've yeah. gotten they're they're stepping it up as well. I couldn't believe it. So yeah, there, there's something. There, there's a horizon. We're on the horizon of just uh, uh, new media, as as we've observed the past couple of years. But now it's like it's 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 breaking out. It's breaking out. Everybody has the ability to produce something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And well, that, go ahead, go ahead, Bison. Well, that leads to the conundrum that. I read somewhere it's going to be like 400 new episodic TV shows next year. Um, I know there's no such thing as too much of a good thing, but um, I guess it is too much of a good thing. I think I've read where this is the new golden age, Mm -hmm. and um, one thing is missing out of that is where are we in all of this? Mm -hmm. And I know that I absolutely. And I'm still waiting for that Octavia Butler novel or, you know, yeah, or some series. I mean, it's time. I mean, one of the things I want to kind of say is I think 2015 was a year led by Geek Soul Brother, who's very modest. But I think it's the breakout year of the Blurred. I think Blurred really, um, really came into their own to be a force to be reckoned with. The presence was felt at cons. The presence was felt in Hollywood. I mean, I, I, something tells me that Michael B. Jordan's casting in Fantastic Four is directly an offshoot of pressure that Blurs have put on the Hollywood studios. And one of the things I'm kind of concerned with, do we want to be included or do we want black creative properties on the screen, I think we're still debating that because, I mean, if you can get a Pride and Prejudice Zombies movie done, you can get an Octavia Butler movie done. They're supposed to be doing a... They were talking about doing the Octavia Butler series on HBO. Mm-hmm. I don't know at what stage it's at, but I know it, you know, like they picked one of her stories and they were, you know, in some type of early process. I'm talking about it. And I I think and going back to what you were saying, Bison, I think, you know, um, it's definitely important for us to have our own creative properties. And I think it's I think it's we want to be included and we want to have our own. And, you know, that's I think it's a combination of the two. And, you know, and and talking about where we fit in and uh in the on the small screen and things like that, it's also a matter of you know broadening our horizons, not just depending on what's on the network television, not just depending on what um we can easily find sometimes we have to go out and we have to look for what people are doing, and when we find it, we have to support it, we have to tell people about it um, I think that's that's a big part of it and talking about the power of the blurred, we have to definitely make sure that we are supporting each other and what, what, what we're doing, what each other is doing projects and whether it's in comics, whether it's in um, television, whether it's in the artwork that they do, it's about supporting each other because 
there we can't we can't depend and we shouldn't have to and shouldn't expect for others to support them for us. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you when you talk about this being, you know, the year of the blurred uprising. Uh, well, you didn't say uprising. I added it. I added uprising in myself. Uh, just because I'm, I'm revolutionary like that. Um, but, I, you know, I really have to think about, think back to the comments that Viola Davis made when she received, what was it? Was it the Emmy or the Oscar? It was the Emmy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Emmy. Emmy, yeah, Emmy. Yeah, when you think about what she said, you know, the only difference is we just need the opportunity. And, and, and I think that that statement, may have, and, and I, I'm going to think in the positive, that it probably opens some doors to say, you know, you look at the Tarajis, you, you, for instance, you look at the Kerry Washingtons, you look at the Idris Elbas, you look at the, the people who have gotten some series. I mean, even if you want to go as far as to go to, black, go to Blackish, um, and Anthony Anderson, Tracy Ellis Ross, you know, you look at, you know, you, you're starting to see it, and you're starting, and what happens is Twitter has given us an opportunity to, to, to say, look, you know, we're live tweeting these things. You can look and see how we feel right here. You don't need to wait for Nielsen to tell you anything. You can see right here on Twitter if, you're, if your hashtag is trending. You know, and, I, and but when I think about what Viola said at that moment, I think that probably opens some doors for other people to say, look, you, you can take some chances. You know, you can see, granted, the content was written, you know, when you talk about violence and Carrie, you know, they, they were written by Shonda Rhimes. Um, you know, obviously it's a really huge year for her as well. But, you know, I, I just have the feeling that that statement probably got through to some people. And, and I think that that's going to make a difference, or I, I would like to think that, you know, uh, that there, you're going to see more – more of an effort to put people of color in prominent roles, um, you know, going forward, especially when it comes to television. One of the things on television I want to make sure is brought out tonight for posterity that happened a few weeks ago and it's going to be repeated tonight was the Wiz Live. I thought that was a seminal moment for television that we may not see anymore. You can almost link that to black futurism, um, you had an all-black cast of various shades, hues, um, and, and it covered so many aspects of black life in, in one overarching um, television show. I just want to make sure that was mentioned in television. For me, if we want to do a highlight for me, that was the highlight of the television Thank year you. for me. Thank you for bringing that up again for us. Thank you. That, the weird thing that was just, it was just an amazing it was an amazing experience to be able to sit there and see all those black faces, all that talent, and they they killed it. They killed it, and it was it was just it was. I felt very very fortunate to be able to witness it. it was uh, you know, I I I have to concur, and thank you, Bison, for mentioning that because you're right. That was probably that was a pivotal moment, um, but. I'm going to tell you what, it was one thing to sit there and watch that production happen, and it was amazing. And I think one thing that was amazing about it is that they didn't even, they didn't even try to conform to, to a quote-unquote white standard. Right. You know, their use of dialect, their use of, uh, of slang, mm-hmm. use of attitude, 
They just said, yeah, they said, look, we're going to make the Wiz, and we're going to do it our way. And they went out there, they did it, they killed it. But I'm going to tell you what, probably even better than the fact that the Wiz just being on, I, you know, I jumped on and I live-tweeted with, with everyone else. I'm going to tell you, man, the emotional experience going through Twitter, um, people just, you know, saying, you know, how they were, you know, crying at moments and they were standing up and clapping at moments and they were cheering people on at various moments. It galvanized us so much in that moment. There was such a powerful sense of community because uh, we were all able to rally around it and, and even against the ignorance of people running around, oh, my God, did you know they made a black version of The Wiz? You, the black, where you been? Yeah, where you been? 30 years ago. And all of a sudden, you, you, you acting like it's new. And, you know, but, I mean, it was, just, it was such a galvanizing moment. Um, I, you know, it was one of those moments that really made you proud, and, and, and especially with the use of, of social media for people to share the emotions that they were experiencing in those moments watching the Wiz. I, I, yet again, you're, that's another defining moment for us mm-hmm. in media to say, we did it. You know, it's, it's the best ratings they've ever gotten for a live production, uh, you know, and, and, and we supported it. And you can go to Twitter and follow the hashtag and you see how well we loved it. And another thing I, I, I really appreciate about it is even now, you know, you know, no matter if it's Lord of the Rings or Ouija or whatever, you have yet to see a person of color, black, who is the star protagonist of a fantasy movie. You, and with the Wiz, you had a young black, woman of color, age appropriate, who was the center and the star. Yeah. And if you was a, a person was a parent with a little child, especially a little a, a female, a child, you know, female watching this, the effects of that is it's off the scale where they can see themselves. So if I ever want to, you know, if there's a, an event of 2014 intelligence for me, even if though it's slightly not a nerd sci-fi film, it's a musical technically, I will put The Wiz live. One, you can sit down and watch it as a family. And two, young kids can look at it and say, wow, I see myself. So that for me was the high event of 2015. The low yeah. event for television in 2015 for me was the continuing downward spiral of The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I will stop there, and <laughs> and I will I will prepare to be stoned now. <laughs> oh no, I'm just laughing at the the high of the whiz and the low of the Walking Dead. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I stopped watching. I told you I'll boycott it. <laughs> I, I you know actually, Bison, you're not going to get a single throw stone thrown tonight. Uh, I because yeah. I actually I jump ship this year too. Uh, I left it to my other geek brother to to continue for the forge on uh, with that, uh, and so yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I have not watched any of it, and frankly, don't miss it. <laughs> there's a there's so much other content on right now. I don't feel bad for one second 
not being able to participate in that conversation. Listen, I, listen. You can replace Walking Dead with Regina Gomez's. Uh, I was going to say Survive. That. Survive. Go ahead, Lady because you probably watch the whole series. I even watch it. Yeah, Surviving. Um, is it Survive? It's called Surviving the Dead. Or Surviving. Yeah. yeah, and it's about it's um Reagan Gomez. It's a YouTube. I think we need to live tweet that actually. We do. Um, and it's about two sisters who um, find themselves in the zombie apocalypse. Two black, two black women. One is um, a doctor, and the other is her teenage younger sister. And they find themselves in the apocalypse. And um, throughout trying to survive, they're also trying to find their father, who's gone missing and might possibly have something to do with how the apocalypse came about. And it's a, it's a phenomenal series. And in talking about you know supporting each other and you know, supporting the kind of content that we want to see, um, it's definitely one to check out. It's on YouTube, Reagan Gomez, and like I said, we need to, we should have really tr- put together a live tweet of the series. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that's definitely should be on the calendar because it, it's, it's phenomenal. It's well done, and, you know, it's, there's going to be a second season, which I'm actually really le- looking forward to as well. Yeah, yeah, and and they need the support. They mm-hmm. need to. They That's definitely right. need it. Yeah, uh, you're you're absolutely right, and, and it goes back to kind of what was stated earlier is that we've got to make sure that we're supporting our content providers, especially mm-hmm. uh, you know new upcoming, um, because that's the only way that if we support them, that they're gonna. They're going to get the recognition, you know. If, if studio houses see, oh wow, you know, people are actually watching this, and they're like, hey, you know, we can we can take a chance because, at, you know, I think we've all throughout this year probably talked about, you know, how much they're going they're going back to do these remakes of our classics, whether it's the A Team or MacGyver, and we're like, geez, just just let it go, you know. You've got so much original content out here. You know, just, just let it, let's just let it go a little bit and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but it's but fortunately, you know, like I said, mentioned earlier, we don't need to rely on Nielsen anymore. Um, you know, hashtagging is just you know the latest and greatest in trends because it's so live and you can you know it's quantifiable and uh, you know, granted, you have to actually read to see if it's positive or negative, but still. Any kind of traffic is is a little bit of good traffic, uh, unless of course you know you want to make a movie about Egyptian gods with a bunch of uh, Caucasian people. Then you know, yeah, you can pretty much find a whole bunch of negative stuff on Twitter about that. Oh, uh, we should have put that. That was supposed to be in the worst of movies. Yeah, I think well, we can just throw it in this year, even though it hasn't come out yet. We yeah, see, I think Exodus <laughs> was last year, and Gods and Kings is next year. So yeah, you can pretty much look forward to me uh, spending some time sending boycott uh, tweets on that. <laughs> but I, lo- I, you know what I loved about that whole situation? Um, not to get off the topic, but I loved the apology that came afterwards yeah. for um, gods of uh, gods of Egypt. They apologizing if um, for their lack of diversity. Yeah, that's that was yeah. funny to me. Like nobody saw that lack of diversity. Uh, in casting one, you know, casting day one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it did. They had to get all the way in the shooting, be like, you right. know, they had to put the posters out. Some, you know, somebody <laughs> sitting back there missing. It's like, 
you know, and you're like, man, what's missing? And, you know, so, somebody walked by on the crew. It was a grip. It was, maybe it was it was Charlie at the sandwich truck. But like, you know, the problem is you ain't got no black people in that movie. Oh, what? <laughs> it just probably all fell apart from there. Oh my God. Uh, we got we've got maybe ten fifteen minutes. Uh, I mean, if we were going to stick to the hour, I want to open the floor up to folks. You know, some other the the highlights. Um, you know, for you, because uh, geek culture extends to so many different things. Um, I, I promise, though, I'm not going to talk about video games at all. Um, but I'm going to tell you one of the things that I really enjoyed this year was uh, Injustice Year Four. Well, Year Three and Year Four, the comic book series. Um, I am a I'm actually a comic book late bloomer. I I didn't start buying comic books until um in the Injustice series came out. Um first pinned by Tom Taylor and I have just been riveted to the series uh and and I've and I've actually started branching out into other series, Batman and Robin series. Uh I've got some Black Panther series uh that I picked up uh and I mean, I've, and I've just been, you know, comicsology has really enabled me to, to really delve into comics, you know, more than I basically ever have in my life. Um, but, you know, the, the, that's one thing that's been a highlight for me this year. Uh, and, uh, and then technology, just seeing, you know, the wearables. And I'm not going to mention the name of, of, the, of the company, that, you know, but then, but you know, between Apple and Samsung, LG, Motorola, everyone's putting out wearables now. And looking at it from a higher viewpoint, it's it's just so cool, especially being a Trekkie and growing up seeing wearables. <laughs> you you saw wearables all the time in you know the early sci-fi. You know, you saw it in Star Trek. You saw it in Battlestar Galactica. You saw it in Buck Rogers. And, you know, you you saw all this stuff, but it wasn't real. And now for, especially wearable technology, just to be real, to be able to communicate and read and all the other stuff, it's just, it's just, it's just a wow. It's just, it's just really a wow. And just to see, um, you know, granted, tablets have been around for a while, and you know, tablets have been used in in sci-fi and, and TV for a long time. But just the wearables is such a it's such a, a benchmark, you know, to as we go forward. So uh, I'm just going to mention those two and, 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 you know, feel free to mention whatever. I'm going to go to Bison first and see, you know, what were some of your other uh, highlights in, in Geekdom for 2015? Um, several. Um, yeah, I'll start with comics. Um, David Walker's Cyborg for DC. Mm-hmm. Sag, Saga was as good as usual. Um, Lazarus, um, Afua Richardson, she did Genius, which I really um, wish people would go and get the trade. It's about a, a black female protagonist. I thought it was an excellent um, comic. Um, video games, um, I didn't do Fallout 4. Um, Destiny Tekken King for me, I'm a Destiny guy. I know a holdover for me is um, Titanfall. I am concerned with all the microtransactions. I think they're going to have to get a handle of that. I mean, you pay $60 for a game, but, you know, you have you tack on DLCs every few months. Um, that's the new hustle. Um, but another thing, and I'm not trying to be corny, but um, I'm really – what I was really excited about was just there's so many good blurred podcasts out here. 
Um, and I really credit um, Geek Soul Brother, who's sort of like the godfather of it. And he, I mean, he's very modest, but um, he's sort of a tree for, he's the tree, you know, I'm, I'm really rubbing it in right now, but uh, he's a tree for a lot of these podcasts that um, have sprung up, you know, Fan Bros and um, Black Girl Nerd and Black Black, black Geeks. And the Black, in the we're, Black Geeks. Where that fruit? Where the fruit? The Black Tribbles. So and Black Tribbles, yeah. They're very good, too. And I just, I'm really... It's really gratifying to see something I wish I was a part of in my younger days um, that's coming to fruition and let you know that you're not alone um, out here and there's people who look like you who share um, what I, uh, the hobbies that I share, and, 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 I, and I feel ashamed of it. Um, movies, nothing really um, jumped out at me. I was more disappointed than anything. But everything outside of movies um, that I named, I thought was very good, and I just hope the momentum doesn't let lessen in 2016 because the ultimate reality show is going to take over next year, and that's the general election in the United <laughs> States. That's <laughs> frightening. That's so, a horror show. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's going to be all encompassing of everything, and I'm just, you know, on the one side, and I'll, I'll end with this is. We as geeks have to be cognizant that things in the real world, if we're not careful, we're going to start reliving history. And that's one of the dangers. We as elders need to teach the younger people the mistakes we made so they don't make those same mistakes. And I've seen a lot of things happen right now. If we're not careful, um, you're going to be quickly, we're going to see ourselves in 1950s America. That is such an incredible point, Bison, um, because when we talk about all the things that we talked about in terms of television and movies, and, you know, I, I've i found a way to balance it to a degree, but, you know, I'm caught up in television, movies, podcasting, gaming, but I also always have to remember I've got to keep myself rooted in what's going on in reality. So, you know, Darkie Conius and I will we'll usually live tweet the Republican debates and the GOP debates, I mean, uh, and, and the Democratic debates, because that's, that's part of the, in life. Although what we're seeing right now is fantasy, if not comedy uh, <laughs> or parody, whatever you want to call it. But you're right. You know, we, just, we have to be mindful as, as geeks and blurs that, um, to not lose sight of of reality or lose touch with reality and to continue to be involved in the development of society, absolutely. Um, how about you, Geek Soul Brother? What uh, what what other what other things from Geekdom uh, got your antennas tingling? Um, sorry. <laughs> first, first of all, thank you, Bison, for for. Casting those laurels <laughs> upon me, I appreciate that. Um, uh, right now, One Punch Man, yo, I love yo, One Punch Man. One Anime, Punch Man is sick. It is yo, so ridiculously sick. The level I did not see that coming. The level of destruction is unreal. Yeah. Is this a video game? It's, it's an anime. 
One Punch Man. One Punch Man is a little. It's it's a little anime that came out of nowhere. Um, that just I I don't know anybody that tells me that they saw it they love it, and it's it's about this dude that's an unassuming, you know, corny looking, ball headed superhero that literally destroys his opponents with one punch. And we're not talking like like just men or, you, you, know, you know, just like human beings. Mm-hmm. We're talking about creatures that are coming up upon the earth and, and, and destroying cities and stuff. And he just runs up and punches them, and he, does, he doesn't knock them out. He destroys it. He literally obliterates them physically oh. with one punch. And, and what's amazing about it is the I'm, the anime is making fun of other anime. Yeah, so the I'm looking first, at it online. It looks like, uh, what's it, Fist of the North Star a little, too. It, 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 it's got some of the animation. It, it's cool because it goes from real quality animation to, like, almost like cartoonish things at the, you know, certain yeah. moments and stuff, just yeah. to, as an artistic, uh, I guess, artistic license. But... Um, the first creature he fought was this purple creature that was supposed to be the embodiment of the earth fighting against the pollution of man. And the creature looked exactly like um, uh, Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z, except he was purple, not green. And he was getting ready to destroy cities. He was getting ready to kill this girl, this little girl. One Punch Man saves her. And then he's talking, 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 and One Punch Man was like, all right, whatever, let's, 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 you know, it's time for you to shut up. And you're like, what? And then next thing you know, he punches the guy, and the guy blows up. <laughs> <laughs> he, but not to spoil it, but the, the, later in the series, you can't help yourself. You're I can't help myself, but you listen, you might yourself. even see this. You might not even see this moment, but later in the series, he's fighting this guy, and it's raining. He punches this guy so hard that not only does he kill him, but the clouds part, and the sky becomes blue. That's, <laughs> that's a, so One Punch Man, One Punch Man is... Uh, Something that I did not see coming. My son put me onto it, and then my one one of my boys, he was like, "Yo, you watch One Punch Man?" I was like, "Definitely," and I'm trying to put everybody else on it. Just just enjoy it. It's an enjoyable, you, you know, quirky little anime. Um, other than that, you, you know what? You guys were talking about support. I was impressed that Spike Lee raised two and a half million dollars on Kickstarter to do his uh um his his remake of Ganjin Hess. You know that know was him. impressive. I think that was this year, right? Was that this year? I think it was this year. Was it this year? Maybe not. But Ganjin Hess came out this year. I know that. Mhm. I know that. So so I was impressed you guys are talking I don't think that we're supporting our Create our, our personal creative media, black, especially black, you know, nerdy genre, creative media 
as much as we could. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we forget because Bison has said several times it, it, it it's so easy to overlook it with all of these big movies and the trailers and everything coming out. It's 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 so easy to overlook some of the stuff that we're doing that that we're in control of or that we're creating, but we just don't have the resources to promote it on a mass scale. I and that's why these podcasts are so important because this is the grassroots um you know marketing avenue for a lot of our media. You know, and I think that's important for us to really stay connected and 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 to tell each other about you know about stuff coming out like we just mentioned like uh 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 Reagan Gomez Survivor uh-huh. series you know it, it's important for us to pass the word on and know. surviving the dead I had to double surviving check. the dead mm-hmm. yeah yeah so other than that man I, I mean the TV like you know like freaking Flash and Agents of Shield blew up and you know all the Netflix stuff and 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 you know Dope was awesome I love Dope this year and you know, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just some good stuff. It's just some good stuff. And I, again, with Bison, I, I'm most happy about all the podcasts that are just jumping up and the YouTubers. You know, I discovered some young ladies yesterday. Their their channel's called um, uh, Pretty Brown and Nerdy on YouTube, and they're adorable. They're three young ladies that they just Letting their geek hang out and you know, you know, pretty brown let, letting and nerdy. Pretty, I think it's pretty brown and nerdy, yeah. And they're on YouTube and you know they're starting to build a little following and they hit they hit us up, they hit me up on Twitter and was like, hey, I like your stuff, you know, I like your podcast and blah blah. And I was, you know, they were like, check out check out our YouTube thing if you get a chance. And I was like, I'm already there, you know. So I'm liking that that we're we are creating our media, you know, and it, it's getting us somewhere. You know, shout, shout out to Black Girl Nerds for, you know, really, uh, re, re, really up in the game for everybody too, you know. Yeah, so, so very true, and yeah, you're right. I've I've been trying to listen to you know more podcasts, and you know, I, I I catch shorts um, on and off, and. I catch. I've been trying to catch out some of the, you know, the Black Tribbles. You know, this incredible stuff that they're doing. Um, I caught a show the other week uh, on Stitcher, the Black Astronauts. Um, yeah. You know, in- interesting show. They had a really interesting commentary about uh, R. Kelly uh, showing yeah. up on the Soul Train Music Awards. Uh, yeah. As long as you, as long as you can get through the profanity, you're, you're okay. You know, the the the, 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 the common the commentary. Uh, was pretty solid though. It's pretty um, raw. And, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, really, really raw. And uh, also, uh, you know, the uh, Afro Nerds, uh, the Afro Nerds podcast. You know, another man. There's just there's so many really good podcasts out there, and people doing their thing and and getting together. And uh, you know, I was very fortunate to hook up uh, with some of the brothers from Afro Nerds and uh, Black Comics Chat. Um, and, you know, really just trying to, everyone's trying to push each other's content, and I'm hoping that, you know, everyone continues to do that. So, you know, absolutely, it, 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 it's good when we can, you know, pull together 
and really start to leverage the blurred voice to, um, you know, whether it's, you know, foolishness like, you know, Gods of Egypt or uh, if it is, you know, new content like uh, Reagan Gomez, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it's just good to be able to leverage that. Um, Lady Geek, I want to give you an opportunity uh, to talk, you know, what was your, you know, anything else uh, from Geekdom that, that was just, you know, highlights for you in 2015? My, my highlight in 2015 was going to my first big Comic-Con. I went to, got to go to New York Comic-Con this year, and that was that was huge. You know, I'm Lady Geek over 40 and going to my first con, first huge one. So that was that was that was awesome. It was an amazing experience. You know, we got to go to a, a major panel. We actually saw the first full episode of Jessica Jones that night, um, and that was that was great. And being able to meet a lot of the indie comic uh, writers and artists that you know I've talked about on Twitter. I've seen their work on Twitter online, and then being able to talk with them face to face that was that was great also um so yeah that was a big highlight for me um comic books i've gone in deep with comic books i'm looking at my bookcase now and wow <laughs> um but i've been really getting into the um indie comics this year bison you mentioned lazarus i'm a big lazarus fan and um stranger comics their dusu series um, Untamed series has been um, my thing lately. Um, just started getting into Deadly Class, a little older comic book. So a lot of the smaller houses I've been getting into, I do have to catch up on Injustice, though, definitely. Mm. That second oh. year or two put me through it. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm going to tell you, year, year, <laughs> I, I, year three, I think year three was really, that was the joint for me. Year three was like, I mean, just epic, epic, ridiculous battles. But I'm going to tell you, they pulled out some really interesting stops in year four. Uh, and literally, I, and I loved every week it came out. I was like, oh, what's, I need the next one. What's the next one? I can't, Yo. I can't even. I, yep. I was like, after I read that, I had to put it aside. I was reading it on my lunch break. People were looking at me yeah. like I lost my mind. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to catching up on those, and I am I'm excited again for to see some television in 2016. Um, really excited for Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really my big highlight for the cinematic world. I'm not really looking forward to Batman versus Superman. I'm still not feeling it yet, but we'll see. Uh, I, you know, it's so funny because. It, the funny thing about Batman versus Superman is that the title is Batman versus Superman, which kind of leads you to think that somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. Here's the problem. You know that can't possibly be true because they have to make a Justice League movie. Right. So it's already really a misnomer. I mean, granted, yes, the two are fighting, but you know neither one of them is going to win. I, so, I, see, my problem is it? I don't think this movie still knows what it wants to be. Even oh, look, and the trailer just sort of confirmed that even more for me. So, I'm, I, I, I I respectfully disagree. This movie knows exactly what it wants to be. It wants to be the dawn of justice, and it wants to be the precursor to a Justice League movie. That's exactly what it is. Nothing more, nothing less. Because you couldn't, they couldn't possibly just jump right in and do a Justice League movie. They had to bring the characters together, and because they and they still have other characters they're going to have to introduce. 
And whether they decide to do it individual movies or another group movie or just go right in the Justice League, but they had to bring Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman together. Now, how they how they deal with Cyborg, Aquaman, and whoever else? What did my daughter say? She said that they. Oh, she said yeah, they're just gonna have guest appearances, mom. (laughs) 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 And I just I but I just I feel like they're still it's rushed. Like they're trying to catch up to Marvel and they're just rushing stuff. And I'm just I I I'm I keep feeling like they don't have it all together. And I have I don't have a lot of confidence in it. They are excited about it. Yeah. I I do one piece of um, television that I didn't mention this year, but uh, Geek Soul Brother in his comments reminded me about it, especially supporting content. I think it was a a serious sleeper series, but by far it's probably been the best piece of television I have seen in years. I would say, and I'm going back, I don't think a show has influenced me or impacted me um, like this since uh, MASH, and that was American Crime. And American Mm -hmm. Crime, um, because you you, you had Regina King in it, you had uh, Elvis um, Nolasco, um, but I'm going to tell you, American Crime was something incredibly special. Written by John Ridley. And it's written by John Ridley, exactly. That's why, when you said that, that was one thing I remember. I really needed to bring that up because a lot of people slept on American crime. But there were several things about American crime that made it like nothing else. Number one, granted, it looked it was almost like a it was almost like Crash, where it looked at the different angles of one situation, um, where Crash was kind of like the interlacing of various situations. This took one event and then expanded on how it affected the individuals. Uh, around it, and they dealt with a lot of race issues. They dealt with a lot of uh, criminal justice system issues, um, a lot of deep-seated racism from different angles, but the acting was incredible. The story was incredible, but what really made American crime like nothing else was the cinematography, that they did stuff with camera angles and perspectives that you really don't ever see done anywhere else. I'm going to tell you, American Crime, it, I was riveted to that show every night, and it was really great because I was probably one of very few people who live-tweeted it. So the executive producer actually interacted with me on Twitter, like thanking me. Um, Elvis and Felicity Huffman both tweeted me back saying thank you, you know, because there, weren't that many, there wasn't that much traffic about it. But I'm going to tell you, American Crime was just something really, really, really special. Um, that they did on, on, on mainstream television. And it probably wasn't for a lot of people, but I was able to see beyond it to a degree. Um, I highly recommend it. I, I pulled it up real quick on uh, online. Even Rotten Tomatoes even gave it a 95%. Yep, so, so episode two comes out on January the 6th, and it's really cool because they're, what they're doing is something similar to what they're doing with American Horror Story, where they're keeping a number of the same actors and putting them in different roles, and they're changing the storyline. So, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty interesting. Regina King is coming back this year, and also Andre Benjamin from Outcast is going to be on this year uh, as well. And we're still waiting for, uh, I think his movie is, is uh, his movie with um, of Jimi Hendrix should be coming out this year, shouldn't it? 
Yeah, I think I think his movie's good. No, that 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 that's, that that that's came that came and went. That's it. Did it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Jimi Hendrix movie. Yeah. Oh, huh. I think it's bad. It's bad. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I totally, I totally. Well, I guess that's why I missed it. There was no fanfare about it whatsoever. Wow. Can I ask, can I ask Lady Geek a question? Sure you can. I'm, I'm sorry, Lady Geek. I'm sorry for putting you on the spot tonight. I don't know why, but um, two questions, two uh-huh. quick questions. One, how did you feel about Wonder Woman being spotlighted in the Batman? A lot of people saying that was the best thing in the um, best thing in the trailer. And two. Do you think that shows like Supergirl and the future Wonder Woman, how do you feel that women in comic book spaces on television, do you think that's improving or still a long way to go? Well, I think, I think I'm not going to answer for all women, <laughs> but for, in my opinion, I think it, it's, it's improving. Uh, you think about, what, last year we had Black Widow, um, pretty much. Um, Agents, uh, Agent Carter. This year we have Supergirl. We have Wonder Woman coming out next. You know, early next year, we had um, Jessica Jones. Um, I think slowly it's coming out, com- getting better for female characters. Um, Supergirl. I think Supergirl is. It's geared towards a younger age group. So she's not going to be as complex a character. And also she is still a DC character, and DC female characters don't tend to be as fleshed out sometimes. Um, Although Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman is one of my favorite female characters. Uh, I just feel like she has not gotten her due. She has not been done properly yet, besides maybe Linda Carter's version. And I don't, like I said, I don't have confidence in this Batman versus Superman movie. So I'm not really, I wasn't happy with the Gal Gadot casting. Um, actually, you know who I wanted to play Wonder Woman? If you're familiar with Arrow, the second season of Arrow, Raz Ghul's daughter, mm-hmm. if you remember her, I wanted yeah. her to be Wonder Woman. She, in my mind, is what Wonder Woman that was, she was Wonder Woman. I, was, I, I don't even call her by her name. I call her Diana whenever I see her on Arrow. So, <laughs> so you have I, been pretty I, good. Yeah, I, and I so I'm and I'm not really I'm not really excited about the Wonder Woman movie, only because I just need I need to see how they do her in Batman versus Superman before I can get excited about that. Um, as far as my opinion, I think Jessica Jones is definitely it's probably the best female comic book character we have they've put on the screen besides Black Widow and only because she was fleshed out like I said she was com- she was a complex character I think a lot of times when they think about doing female comic book characters they want them to fit into a certain mold and you know they're, they're not supposed to go outside that mold and Jessica Jones she was real she was a real woman she was a woman that you don't have to be a comic book fan to be able to relate to. Um, and that's the kind of female comic book characters, uh, that's how I want to see the female comic book characters done. I think that's how they're trying to do 
a lot of the male comic book characters, and women should just get the same due. So I hope I answered your question. Questions. You know, it, it's interesting, Bison. I'm not going to answer that question because I wasn't aimed at me. Uh, but it's interesting when, when, I, when I think about the Wonder Woman character and then even trying to attempt to do a Wonder Woman movie. I'm having seen the Wonder Woman animated movie. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that any Wonder Woman live action movie is going to be better than the animated right. movie. I have that because, one on DVD. I still watch it. And that's a. It was a great movie. Right. I mean, and they they made her strong. They you know they made her kind of vulnerable in the beginning. They made her a little bit arrogant at the beginning. Um, but I love how you know even as you know she you know was allowed to be the ambassador and she's going around with Steve. She's like, I like the, I like the fight with the guys in the alley. <laughs> it's just like, and you know, and I think to be honest, I think a lot. Of, I think the reason why it takes it's taken them so long to get her on the screen is because the white males that are in charge of Hollywood don't know how to portray her, don't know what to do with her, and I think they really need to have a woman directing it. They should have some women writing for for it. Um, I really, I don't think it can be done properly with otherwise. I really don't. And hey, that, like I said, go go ahead, uh, finish your statement. And I said, like I said, it's because it, and I, that's the reason why I feel like they have not brought her to the screen because they they really don't know what to do with her. She, she's she's strong. She is she's just just as strong as Superman, just as intelligent. You know, she's. Got she can go up against Superman. She can go up against Batman. They've got their movies. Wonder Woman should have been had her movie. She's one of the top yeah. three for DC, and yet crickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a question from the from the chat, Lady Geek. Um, oh gosh, I was going to say something before that, but I don't remember what I was going to say. Um, so I got a question from uh, from B Smith. Uh, he asked. Why do you think they moved her origin from World War II to World War One? Is it to avoid the Captain America compar- uh, comparisons? And I think he answered his own question and said yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I haven't been following it, to be honest. Um, like uh-huh. I said, I, I want to see how she is done in Batman versus Superman. So I haven't really been following any of the uh, production notes or pictures or anything coming out of from set from her movie. Um, okay. I do think that, I think based, I think they have sort of messed with her origin story, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have her as an Amazon, and I don't think they, or I don't think they put in her Greek origin, mm-hmm. which um, I don't like either. So, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Like I said, I haven't been following it, so I'll have to, I'll have okay. to look, at that, look into that. All right. Oh, I remember what I was going to say, Lady Geek. I'm telling you right now, if you're into Wonder Woman, you need to read Injustice Year 4. You are going – do not read it at work. I'm going to tell you right now, especially when you get around, I think around issue 9 or 10, you're going to lose your stuff. No, oh, I, I, I almost did when she went up against Ares in you, year 2, right? She was yo, up against Ares. She's very, very, very pivotal in Girl. four. Oh, Girl. I'm gonna. T- you've got to read it, and then you have to tell me what you've read it, because you're gonna lose your stuff. I'm just gonna tell you right now. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. 
that is we we've uh, we we have said everything we needed to say. I'm gonna go around the table. Final thoughts. What a great, amazing show. Great end of your conversation. Uh, let me start with Geek Soul Brother. Brother, uh, final thoughts. Anything we didn't cover before we roll out? No, I, uh, my final thoughts. There's somebody at my job. He's about. He, he's a white guy. He's uh, close to seventy. And he said, after a few days working together, he said, uh, I'm so glad there's somebody I'm working with that I can talk sci-fi with. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I'm definitely enjoying the conversations. And I'm I'm hearing us, right? Like, like we're 40, 50. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to be doing this in 20 years, God, you know, God willing, you know, you know health and everything. We're going to be doing this in 20, 30 years. We're going to be doing this, you know, I, I think we're going to be in it for the long haul, you know, living that geek life. Bob Robbins is going to be playing games well into his 80s. Yay, yay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Lady Le- Geek's going to be writing the third Wonder Woman movie and, 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 uh, right. You know, and and Bison's going to be like the uh, distributor of blurred content across the globe. You know, he's going to be Black Yoda. Like Yoda. <laughs> and and I, yeah, I think I think we're, you know, I think we're just here to stay. And it's just surprising within the past few years just to just to find our communities and to realize like yeah yeah we're 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 going to be around for a long time. So that's my final thoughts. We're going to be around for a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and with this era, I mean, with the digital era, and we're able to get so much geekdom so fast, you're right, Gizzo. We're we going we gonna to be hanging around for a minute. Uh, Bison, final thoughts, uh, anything we, we didn't cover for the show, you want to talk to the people before we roll out? Yeah, and you better get your um – delay button because I'm going to use some profanity. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Um, thank you, I want everyone, for watching and listening. Uh, that's the end of our show. Let me, stop. Let me stop recording right now. No, I'm just joking. Um, this is more so aimed at the audience. Um, because a person is over a certain age, please don't make – that doesn't make them irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I notice, you know, you look in music, um, once an artist hits now. 28 and 29 or 30, they are considered irrelevant. There's a not, there's a lot of knowledge with um, geeks of a certain age. So seek us out, ask our opinion. We're not trying to be the crazy uncle at the club. You know, we just we just being ourselves. And um, that's all I have to say. I just say, you know, this is a larger community. Don't ne- don't ne- neglect part of the community because they're over a certain age. And because I do detect sometimes a note of ageism, you know, on some social media when it comes to a lot of blurred um, subjects. So um, be inclusive, and that means be age-inclusive. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Lady Geek, what you got? Uh, Wrap-up. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything else we didn't talk about? Um, no, I think my final thoughts are just along the lines of uh, – the new year I like to see um I like to see us continue to um grow as a community, blurred community. Um that growth includes supporting one another in whatever projects they're working on, whether it be through word of mouth, 
putting a post, you know, putting out a tweet, putting up a post on Facebook, um, live chats, whatever. I just want to see um, see us supporting each other even more in 2016. Uh, you know, we talk about how we want to see more of ourselves up on the screen, more of ourselves on the panels um, of comic books. So that's going to happen. The way that's going to happen is for us to start doing it ourselves. And that means support. That means telling everybody that you can tell about what that person is doing. Yep, absolutely. Um, thanks so much. Uh, you know, as, as we, we close out the year, uh, you know, next year, this is our sixth podcast, technically our fifth, but it's our sixth uh, podcast. The you know, I need to tell you guys, if you haven't seen what's been going on on Twitter, we've been getting a lot of really positive comments. Uh, and one of the comments that really made me feel good was the fact that uh, a female listener replied that it was great listening to a podcast that was respectful to women um, and and something that they, they wouldn't mind sharing with, with a parent. Uh, you know, and I think that, you know, what what we're doing and what you all are doing, you know, making time to be here uh, is, is is part of, you know, that, that geek outreach, you know, that it, it's okay. But we're, we're doing something special, and people are standing up and taking notice. So, you know, I'm committed to continuing to try to get our content out there, get people seen. Um, I've already started talking to a few people, you know, just to give a – Quick glimpse of 2016, I'm trying to have a really intense, special sci-fi episode. I've already talked to uh, the witchy chick. She's a writer, producer uh, of sci-fi content. Uh, I know uh, B. Smith, he, he, he's already said he's on board for some shows, and uh, Seventh Matrix Ron has also agreed to be back. So I'm trying to have, like, one heavyweight sci-fi conversation, discussion, um, and then, you know, and bringing some other people of, of the Blurred community in that, um, you know, into getting them to talk about some, some things they do. So, you know, the Geeking on the 40 podcast is going to be really great in 2016. We're going to grow and, um, you know, and try to get on some new channels and, and get our content out there. But I'm going to tell you, just really thankful for, you know, I say it every show, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm just so thankful that you all, you know, take the time to, to share um, in this endeavor, and you know, and I'll do my best to continue to push us out there and show, you know, Vice and Seder early on in, in when we started the series that, you know, our, our plus 40, plus 50, plus 60, our voice matters. And there's so much knowledge and wisdom that, that we have about this, this, this information. You know, we, we have a lot uh, to contribute. Uh, so, you know, don't, 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 don't count us out yet. We ain't done, uh, basically. You know, uh, I do want to mention before we get out of here. So, brother, we got a party tonight, right? You got a party tonight? Is that you we do. Party tonight? The, the hashtag Blurred Geek Holiday Party. We're watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. We're Nightmare. watching this. <laughs> Nightmare. Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, we're watching the, the Nightmare Before Christmas. No, we're, we're saving Nightmare on Elm Street for another day. But, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be me, Black Girl Nerds, and India Movies. We're going to be hosting, and I'm going to have a little podcast after. Hopefully I get my stuff hooked up real quick and uh, have a little podcast after just to say hi and 
you know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that stuff for, um, you know, for all the blurs and geeks out there. You know, it's Festivus. open to everybody. So Don't forget yeah. the Festivus crew. <laughs> yes, Festivus. Definitely got to do Festivus. For the rest of us. For the rest of us. Yeah, man, thanks for reminding me. I'm looking at the tweets now, so people are gearing up. That's cool. Yeah, I just want to make sure that got out there. So thank, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, for everyone checking us out on SoundCloud, thank you so very much. Really appreciate it. Happy make holidays. Sure you, happy holidays to you until we meet again. And all that wonderful stuff. Make sure that you uh, check us out on SoundCloud. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Geekin. That's no G. Geeking over 40. I really appreciate you uh, you all checking us out. Make sure you like us, share us. Tell your mom and them. You know, tell your cousin. You know, tell, tell your crazy uncle. Tell us about it. You know, we we around. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. It's been a great 2015. Look forward to doing some really awesome stuff in 2016. Thank you all for joining today. And that is the end. Uh, closed channel, as, as Picard may say. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.